the optimal life. Brian, welcome to the optimal life. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks, Nate. So you are uh, uh, very interesting because you've got an entrepreneurial background. You've you're you're like a numbers guy, I see, and then you, you somehow migrated into this world of self help and mental health, and and I want to understand why, and I believe it's a, a personal story for you. So take us back to what was it seven eight years ago when you started getting involved in this space. What caused you to co- to come here? Yeah, so I uh, uh, I started my career in public accounting as business guy. Had my own consulting practice for quite a while. Uh, about seven years ago, I had a very bad relapse on alcohol. Um, not that anybody ever has a good one, but mine was coupled with debilitating depression and just off the charts anxiety. So I bounced around treatment and ended up in a partial hospitalization program that really saved my life. And in that hospitalization program, we're seven other people just like me, but the big difference between me and them was socioeconomic. And uh, one person in particular um, really helped me get my smile back, helped me get my confidence back. I was, I was back, I was ready to go. And uh, unfortunately, six of the seven people in that group, they, uh, they relapsed in that 90 day period. And uh, unfortunately, two of them are no longer with us. Mm. Um, but you know, I thought I wasn't ready to go back to work and I thought there's got to be a better way. And after talking to some of the foremost experts in the, the field, what they told me was that um, the real gap in treatment is continuing care. What do people do after they get out of treatment? And so I started a continuing care solution with the help of a nonprofit organization and uh, some terrific funding. So that's, you know, that's the inception. So back in those uh, seven year ago, 2014, 15, uh, whenever it was exactly, when you were in that substance, that substance use, the substance abuse, you felt yourself spiraling out of control. Take us back. What was some of the things that were causing you to, uh, to go there? Yeah, I was under uh, tremendous pressure, um, tremendous business pressure, financial pressure, um, I had, you know, I had a couple of businesses that were really blowing up. Um, it was just a, a really, really bad time for me. I had stresses at home. Um, my life was a complete train wreck. And the only way to, you know, uh, avoid that uh, was alcohol. You know, it was great. Um, well, it lasted for those few minutes, but, you know, you know how it goes after that. Um, it became a disaster. And uh, was what was it? Was it every night? Every night, every day, you know, I'd start out my mornings, I'd have bottles hidden in the car. Um, You know, I had to get uh, enough on before I even walked in the door at work. Um, I had, you know, bottles hidden in work. It just when you say enough on, you needed to get a little buzz before you even walked into the front door. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the only way I could get a smile on my face. Wow. Okay. So you're waking up and you're going right to it. And then once that buzz starts wearing off, you've got some in your briefcase, you got them in your desk drawers. What, what are you doing? Or I'm, uh, you know, I'm going right to the liquor store when it opens at 1030. And, uh, you know, they hand me my bottle. They knew who I was. And you're your own, you're the boss. So you come and go as you please, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I did. I'm not sure how I got anything done. You know, it was when you're, when you're hiding, you're drinking, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I would imagine, I would imagine that that's even more exhausting than potentially just the thought of drinking it, the day-to-day drinking itself had to be compounded with the fact that you're trying to hide it all. Cause you know, if your employees find out right, the, the, the whole ship sinks. Yeah, no, I was, uh, doing the best I could. I'm sure I didn't do good enough, but uh, at hiding what I could do. And, um, you know, I knew every dumpster up and down the street that I worked on um, to get rid of it. It was, it was really work. It was like a full-time job. And how long did that last for? Um, You know, off and on uh, a year um, that it was, you know, that it really got completely out of control, you know, and that got to a point where, you know, I couldn't even, uh, couldn't really even feel it much anymore. Um, but just had to do it out of necessity. And you'd come home and would you, do you even remember so that, that year where it was very dark and extreme? Do you even have any, any memories from family life, the, the, the evenings at home? Well, there wasn't much of a family life. I did whatever I could to isolate myself, um, including my wife and my children. Um, you know, the less I had to talk to anybody, the better. Um, you and did know, they understand the severity of what was going on or they didn't know how extreme it was? No, I was, I was doing a, um, a decent job hiding it. You know, um, I did get caught finally, but until I got caught, I was doing a decent job hiding it. How, how did you get caught? Um, I was uh, taking my son to a, we were going to a basketball game and uh, I told him I'll meet him in there. And I always kept a half a gallon of vodka in my trunk and I pulled it out and parked in the back of the parking lot and uh, drank it and um, I drank some of it and uh, went into the game. And uh, apparently, which I found out months later, he didn't walk right in to buy the tickets. He watched me. So he saw me do it. And, uh, you know, then I got confronted by my entire family about it. What was that moment like for you? Was that, uh, was that the, was that the lowest, was that like the rock bottom moment that where things start like, this is it. I got to make changes now. No, unfortunately it wasn't. Um, it was bad. Oh, don't get me wrong. I couldn't, you know, two of my kids wouldn't even speak. Um, some wanted, you know, they wanted me, they begged me to go get help and you know, all those things. I just couldn't wait to go to bed. Um, what did you say yeah, when, they, when your family confronts you like that? Uh, how do you how do you defend yourself? I assume it's a fight or flight situation at that point. Well, you know, it started out with lying um, and uh, saying no. And then when he confronted me with all the facts, I was dead in the water. Um, so uh, and I was pretty lit at the time they confronted me. Um, <laughs> but I remember all of it. I remember all of it. It was just a. It was pretty sickening, but, uh, you know, I did the side so back problems. So to get people off my back, I said, okay, I'll do something. And, um, ended up meeting with a friend who was in AA and I didn't really want to go to AA. I mean, I wasn't one of those losers. Um, and, uh, but. Cause you thought you know, that those I, people were, that you thought that those, at that point in your life, you thought those people were weak. Exactly. That's the exact word I was going to use. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, 
but I did go to a meeting and I remember not shaking hands and, you know, not wanting to really be involved with anybody. And I get there right before the meeting started and run out of there. Um, and I did a few times and just to pacify my wife and get my kids off my back. Um, but you were still yeah. then you would leave the meeting and you'd go have a drink and you were continuing the lifestyle. No, no, I, I went a little while until that happened. Um, but then life got really, really hard and things really turned disastrous on me. And um, I mean, I was I was in crisis, you know, all, all around. And um, that was the low point. And I, you know, did you ever and these questions are deep because uh, I'm sure there's people that are listening that are going through this. So so that's why mm-hmm. we like to hear, you know, how are you able to still overcome to, to where you are today and we're going to get there. But was there ever times when you were drinking and you would hope to yourself, maybe I hope I don't wake up today. Oh yeah. I mean, I went through that. That was my low and uh, you know, by the grace of God, I'm here today. Um, and no, I used to think that a lot. Um, and you know, I finally got to a point where, you know, you can rationalize anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're in an irrational state. Everything in the world is insurmountable. Um, but it's not. You can't fathom light at the end of the tunnel, but it's there. It's definitely there, but you can't see it. Right. You think that there's no way that it exists. Life is pre- life is essentially over. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said you were going there. You got you hit a rock bottom moment that ultimately mm-hmm. allowed you to like, all right, I need to make a change. What what was that exact day? May 13th, 2014. And what happened on May 13th? Um, I decided I didn't want to be her anymore. And uh, but I am. So that was my that was my low. Mm. And uh, you know, I was hospitalized and um and got put into treatment immediately and uh because and you survived whatever you tried any harm you tried to do to yourself by the exactly. grace of god you survived and that was like yep. we got to get him into the hospital and right that was and the first so, day of the of the the next this this rest of your life like they say yeah yeah and uh you know it, it was I mean, I struggled mightily mm-hmm. and, uh, um, but, you know, I was blessed with having an incredible amount of support and I have an incredible sponsor in AA. Um, I have an incredible wife and children and friends and, you know, I could barely fall down with so much support, but I was too ashamed to see anybody. I really didn't see anybody for months with the exception of one person. So. How, how do you handle those first couple months? It's got to be extremely dark. It's embarrassing. You have shame, you have guilt, remorse, all these negative feelings. How do you, ha- and now you're not able to turn to the one thing that was getting you through for the past year. Uh, what are those days, weeks, and months like at the beginning? They're terrible. Um, you know, I get out of bed around noon. Um, today I get up at 445. Um, I, uh, I struggle to put a smile on my face. I, you know, 
my wife was very, very worried about me. She said, how are you? One to 10. I'd always lie and say eight. <laughs> it was about a negative three still. Oh, um, and, uh, but I struggled and, you know, I fought and, you know, then I got back into AA. Um, and this time I was going to do it right. I ran my own program the first time around. Uh, I decided there's smarter people than me out there. You ran the BB program, not the AA program. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> so this time you're taking a, it seriously. Which got me an FF. This time you were taking it seriously and you were going through the true 12. It's a 12 step uh, yep. program. And of yeah. course, isn't the 12 step the most meaningful? It is to me. Um, you know, I, I, and we as a company believe in all pathways to recovery. Um, but for me, you know, AA is the way and, you know, come seven years later, I still go to five meetings a week. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a big part of helping me, you know, save my life, change my life, um, become somebody that I'm, you know, I'm proud of today. And you can't do that in the 12 step for anyone that doesn't know it's correct me if I'm wrong. It's helping somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, that's all part of it. I mean, you know, you got to give it, give it away. If you want to keep it, you got to give it away. Mm. And so, you know, I have sponsees and I try to help people um, as best I can. So that is of course, what led you to, form what was it this uh, ascent yeah it was ascent so what we were was a mobile recovery app with 24 7 virtual peer coaching and that was an app that you you developed that with your group of people no we did not develop it it was um actually an app that was developed by a company called chess mobile health and so we utilized that app and our peer support and um you know we we're able to get a little bit of traction. The challenge was the challenge with the app is engagement. It's a, it's a constant challenge. And um, the other challenge we had is that we had no way to sustain this. You know, we're living off of grants. Um, so, you know, three years later, um, we found a way to sustain ourselves. So, and, and how do you, what, like when you say we found a way, what was that way? So what um, happened was we ended up selling off the, um, the mobile app portion and um, we spun off uh, the live, we, we were doing some live work. We had some grant money to be able to do work in uh, some hospital and in a hospital and uh, community peer support. And so we spun that off to me and I merged with a partner who had certification to be able to provide those services for Medicaid reimbursement. And that was really the start of Thrive. So talk about Thrive. So Ascent was the initial beginning and then you got into yeah. this bigger group called Thrive. What, what exactly is it? So Thrive Peer Support, we offer peer support to people with mental health uh, and uh, mental health diagnoses and substance use disorders. And peer support is a person with lived experience helping somebody you know, early on in their journey. And so we provide that in two settings, primarily uh, multiple, but the two largest are community, right? In the community, we're helping people. And then we uh, help people through um, hospitals, emergency rooms. 
So we're currently in 23 emergency rooms. And basically what we do, somebody presents with an overdose, if they want to meet with us, we meet with them and try to get them into treatment immediately. And it's been wildly successful. You'll have a representative from your company go on site. They're there. They're, they're in there. They're, they're already in there. the hospital. And so the, you know, the provider says this person wants some help and we um, help get them into treatment. And we're, we've been, like I said, we've been very, very successful. I mean, we're literally helping thousands of people. Wow. That's incredible. So you, and you said you're in 23 hospitals. Yes. Is that all here in the Northeast Ohio area? Uh, they're all in Ohio. Um, you know, we have all of the, with the exception of the, the VA, we're in every hospital in Northeast Ohio um, and Cuyahoga County. And so, you know, that's a, an area that we're expanding. Um, we're going into m- multiple hospitals. We've had a, um, you know, based on our track record, there are other hospitals that are very interested in our services. And then you also are, you guys are located in Solon. Is that right? Our uh, administrative offices are in Solon. And do you meet with any clients or patients at that office or how does that all work? No, we're actually looking at setting up uh, uh, an office down in uh, downtown, um, which we plan on opening first quarter of next year. Um, that will be much more accessible uh, to the people that we meet with. So we're not seeing as many people as we'd like to out here. And there's numerous reasons for those challenges, but we're, we're going to take that barrier down. And I assume you guys are using video chat, Zoom, different things to meet with people face to face. We do. Um, you know, it's it's some in person, but it's also quite a bit of video chat. Um, we recently signed a contract with uh, Anthem. It's the first commercial contract like um, in the state of Ohio for providing peer support. And that will be done by a telehealth. That's interesting. So are you meeting with people yourself as well, Brian, or what's your role in all of this? You know, <laughs> I'd love to meet with people. Um, I, I actually had the opportunity to do that, you know, once when we started the hospital program. But no, I'm I'm the CEO of the company. Um, you know, I'm focused on the uh, overall strategy uh, of the company. I've, you know, worn a lot of hats before we we grew. I'm a I'm the CFO as well um, with my accounting background. Right. Um, and so, you know, I work, like I said, I work on day-to-day strategy and I um, work with some of the larger um, uh, potential uh, customers and, uh, you know, help uh, with putting together some programs for them. And what we built, I know every, ahead, I'm sorry, I know every program is different. Everyone's got a different situation, but generally speaking, what, what does a typical kind of program look like at your place? Yeah, so um, you're right. They are uh, very different. We have actually uh, a lot of project management here um, to be able to set up some of these custom programs. But, you know, let's take, uh, you know, a hospital program, for example. Um, You know, we make sure that we're uh, fully staffed in the hospital. We have supervision, uh, support uh, for those individuals. We set up, you know, workflows um, to be able to meet those individuals. We have you know, all sorts of compliance rules. Um, and we have compliance people to ensure those happen, um, processes and procedures, um, you know, and then out in the community, you know, we're meeting people where they are. Um, you know, we're helping them with a, 
recovery plan. We're maybe helping them get to uh, linkage to a provider. Um, you know, there are many different, we help them get a driver's license. We may help them find employment. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that the peer supporter does because, and they have experience with that because they've lived that life. So everybody that works for your company has at some point, they've been in the, on the other side of that coin. They've every peer supporter has mm -hmm. some of our administrative staff has not. Um, but most of the people here have had a family member that's been impacted. Unfortunately, we've had, you know, a number of people that work for us that have lost family members. Sure. Um, sure. There's a, a tremendous dedication and focus to the mission here. Well, that is extremely apparent because you've made it so personal. Your, your staff, it's so personal for each one of them, starting from the top all the way down. It sounds like everyone really feels this every single day. So they come into work and they're ready to be at their best. They're ready to help somebody. They're ready to be a sponsor type figure, right? Absolutely. I mean, we have just, um, like I say, the passion and the, of the mission, um, you can feel it here and uh, we're excited about that. And that's our focus, you know, it's mission first and we need to make sure that we take care of the people um, that, you know, we have the responsibility to take care of. And secondly, is making sure we take care of our team, um, you know, making sure not only that, you know, they're in a situation that's financially healthy, but that they're supported because peer support is a really hard job. And so we make sure that they have the mental health peer, uh, support that they need. Um, whatever it is they need, we want to make sure that they're they're staying healthy. Yeah, it's like a psychologist that needs to go talk to their own psychologist because they're carrying every, so much crap from all these people. And it's that's right, right? You got you got to somehow compartmentalize it and keep it out of your own life, which is interesting. That's a whole separate facet. Um, is this something that's covered? I mean, you mentioned Medicaid. Is this something that's covered under insurance? How does that all work? So, um, you know, Anthem has been incredibly innovative. And like I mentioned, they're uh, the first to cover peer support under commercial insurance. And we're really excited to be launching that program January 1st um, to any employer that's interested in providing the service or any individual that uh, is looking for the service. Um, it's also covered by Medicaid. Um, you know, we primarily uh, started out um, serving with the focus on serving the underserved population, but there are so many people that need services. That's why we chose to expand. So that's where our coverage comes from. And then we do receive grants. Um, there's grant funding for some of the services that we provide. We were fortunate enough to be one of the beneficiaries of some of the opioid settlement funding, which allowed us to expand our hospital services. What's it like? What's the feeling like, Brian, when you, you meet with one of these people and you take them through a program, you, your company, your, your, your peer support group, and you see them turn their lives around? That's got to be the most gratifying feeling in the world. Yeah, I, I'm, thanks for asking that question. And it is. Um, you know, I'm really proud to say that, um, you know, our, most of our staff has challenging backgrounds, might be challenging them for, to find another position. Um, but, you know, we had seven peer supporters this year buy their first homes, mm. um, you know, and you listen to their stories and they never thought they'd get out of it. Um, and we have five peer supporters that were clients 
they used to be our clients sure. and now they become peer supporters. I was going to ask um, you if you've had any convert. Yeah. We have, you know, people that talk about our saving their life. I mean, we literally have, we, we hand out a lot in our camp. We distribute we're really into harm reduction. And so we've literally, you know, saved people's lives. Um, we've enhanced people's lives. I mean, they, you know, I say we, we're there to help them on their journey. They did it, mm. but we're there to support them. So yeah, it's incredibly gratifying. Because it has to start with from within. Otherwise, you'll treat it like you don't care, like you did it originally with the AA program. They have to want exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't want it, you're not going to get it. Um, but if you want it, we'll help you as much as we can. The pandemic. How did that impact? I assume you guys are probably seeing more people or hearing from more people now than you ever have. Um, it, it impacted us two ways. Um, one is we are hearing from a tremendous number of people. The need is greater than it's ever been. You know, people are in, you know, depression and anxiety is at all time highs. Uh, consumption uh, is incredibly high. Um, so there's, you know, there's a greater need for our service. The other issue is that, you know, the, the workforce crisis um, has created even a greater demand for peer support because, you know, the, the limitations of number of clinicians and um, other support and the, you know, the times that you have to wait to find somebody, you know, has also created additional demand. You know, we're not without our own workforce challenges. Um, you know, it's really, really difficult out there. You know, and the other thing that happened as a result of the pandemic is we've really, uh, we're offering a lot more telehealth than we historically did. You know, fortunately, the state of Ohio um, decided like immediately to start reimbursing for telepeer support, um, which they weren't previously. So I commend them. And now they're making that, you know, they're making that a permanent law. Mm. So those are, you know, that's how we dealt with some of the, the pandemic. Looking into your crystal ball, do you see yourself, will you guys look to expand outside of the state or will you remain Ohio only? No, we're going to um, expand outside the state. I expect to do that this year. I'm sorry, in 2022. Mm. Um, we expect to um, focus on expanding our Thrive ED program. We've had a number of inquiries um, into hospitals outside the state of Ohio um, and also to expand our peer support. Um, primarily through payers outside the state of Ohio. Um, so that's, you know, that's the plan for uh, 2022. Someone that's watching or listening to this, they want to reach out and, and, and connect with you guys. Where do they go? Thrivepeersupport.com. And um, that will get you, you can actually make a referral, a self-referral right through our site. Um, it's really simple to do. And, uh, you know, we would be happy to, uh, to help you and give you guidance. And it's all confidential and all that. Well, everything is very confidential here. Yes. That's great. Well, hey, listen, I, I think it's uh, tremendous work that you guys are doing. And you, no, no doubt, will be uh, continuing to expand because we've heard great things about the services you're offering. And um, it's amazing to see what you've done. I mean, sitting where you are today. Versus where you were in 2014, uh, 2013, what did you say, May, May of 2013 or 2014? May of 2014. Um, yeah, May of 2014. Fast forward seven and a half years later to be sitting here talking with us 
sharing your story, sharing the, the growth of, of your company and, and how you guys are helping people, you would have never, ever, ever written this script. Never. No, never. What does it feel like to be able to sit here today and, and have this impact? Um, you know, it feels great to be part of this. Um, you know, I know it's not me. Um, I'm part of an amazing team. Um, there are no coincidences. Um, you know, I, um, I'm blessed beyond blessed uh, to be part of this. But I do recognize that this is, you know, if ever there was a team effort, this is it. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, like I said, to have such passionate, mission-oriented uh, teammates uh, to be able to put together some of these innovative ideas is just fantastic. So, yeah, it feels really good. That's great. We'll link you up in the show notes. We'll link your company, your website, everything. If you guys want to check it out, click the links in the show notes. My last one for you, Brian, somebody that's listening. We kind of hit it on it earlier, but someone that's in a dark place and they were in the same place you were and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. What's your final message? What's, what's your message to them in this moment? You're, um, you're not thinking rationally, and there is absolutely light at the end of the tunnel, and it will get better. Um, you just have to have a little hope. That's all. I mean, this much hope, and it, it's going to work out. It may take some time, but it's going to work out. But, you know, don't make a, you know, a permanent issue out of a temporary problem and your family will never get over it your family will never get over it 